0: been talking about um, the Holy Spirit and and who he is and what he does that uh, kind of taking a deep dive into that what does it look like to live a life full of the Spirit you know we talked about who he is how he can guide us into uh, truth and uh, how he can comfort us how he can sanctify us all, all of the things that that uh, the Holy Spirit does for us What's the point of all that? What happens when the rubber meets the road? You know, it's it's one thing to talk about um, the theology of God, the Trinity, who the Holy Spirit is, but it's an entirely different thing to, to put all of that into action. So what does that look for, uh, look like for us? So two weeks ago, we took a look at some of Christ's followers. Uh, Peter and John, if you remember, um, they were walking into the temple, and at the gates was the... the guy who had been paralyzed and so they prayed for him and and he stood up and walked and then uh, kind of start uh, started a commotion and they began to uh, tell people the good news of of jesus and the point was when we're living spirit sourced we have the ability the um, not only with the words that we say but also he, he gives us some power to speak the truth and and so that was you know that th- this is what it it looks like now i read a story this week it's a funny story actually that there was a there was a, an, an elderly elderly lady who had a watch and um she the watch quit working on her so she took it to the jeweler to have them look at the watch fix it for her and uh, she got there and and they uh, the guy says hold on one minute and she thought she was gonna have to drop it off you know how it goes leave it for a time come back and get it fixed and uh, he came back and in just a couple of minutes he, he took the watch to the back and when he came back to uh, the front he handed it to her and it was working and she said my goodness how did you fix it so quickly he says well i replaced the battery <laughs> she said you mean all this time i've been winding it and it didn't do nothing <laughs> so she she didn't know Here, here's the the point as I've, as I've been studying the Holy Spirit, I find myself asking, what's the big deal anyway? I mean, why do we need Him? While there are many reasons that we could find, today I want to focus on, on one in particular, and that is because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And just like the lady who had the watch, she was uh, missing out on the power and we all need some power. So uh, today we're going to turn to 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 2. And uh, if you'd like, you can get the church app, and uh, the Lantana Church app, and it'll, uh, Scripture will be in there under Sermon Notes. You can also go to the uh, Bible app, the Version Bible app, find the live event for today, and, uh, and, and we'll have that Scripture there. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, uh, be quick, not very long today. power so let's take a look here real quick just to see what's going on we all know that uh there's a first and second corinthians and in paul had started a a church he was kind of a a mentor to this church in uh, corinth and uh so he was writing a letter to them about some things he had heard just to try to help set them straight on on some correct uh, way of thinking about god and about jesus and about the holy spirit Paul is at pains to stress the very different way that he teaches when compared to those who are considered wise, like the philosophers and the teachers who were, you know, the, the town of Corinth was a, a very important town in, in its little city in its time. We should be careful not to think that Paul lacked wisdom. You know, it, it's not that he didn't uh, know things. It's also not that he was less capable, that's not what he was saying, than those who are speaking the rhetoric of of their day. What he's trying to do is say that he doesn't rely on manipulative speeches or worldly wisdom when preaching Christ crucified. Uh, He had come to Corinth in fear and trembling and really desiring only for people to convert to know God through jesus but he wasn't trying to, con- to get converts to himself which is what a lot of leaders did then and still do today they want to convert you to follow them to to do what they want to to see how they go that's not what he was doing he was trying to get people to convert to jesus paul speaks of a different kind of wisdom and this is interesting and we talked about this at the last uh brunch and bible study we did Paul speaks of, of a, a different kind of wisdom that, you know, if the leaders of, of the time, if the Jewish leaders of the time had really known who Jesus was, then there's a really good chance they would not have let Jesus uh, be crucified and die. That's one of the reasons that Jesus spoke the way he did. He he wanted people to, to understand um, and to to know that this is the way he had to do it, he had a small group of people that he was pretty honest with, but he spoke in parables a lot and If you remember in, in the book of John whenever he fed the five thousand, it says after that that they sought to make him um, the king by force, like they wanted to to take him and make him be their their leader, their king their their ruler, because he was able to to do these miraculous things, and he was able to and, and he in that time he went back up to the top of the hill he's like he he receded for a bit to spend some time with uh with God alone so there's a really good chance that if they really understood who Jesus was they would not have let that guy die but he had to die for our sins to be forgiven right so what was going on before this that people didn't quite understand that the Holy Spirit hadn't been unleashed so that the Spirit of Truth, right, to to reveal to us some of these things. What had remained hidden to the rulers of the world when he was alive is now being revealed through the Spirit so that everybody knows. So now Paul turns to the innate power that the Holy Spirit brings. So back to my question, why do we need the Holy Spirit. I mean, we could probably find a list of unending reasons, really, of why we need the power of the Holy Spirit, but today I've narrowed it down to three, okay? So the first one is, um, the Holy Spirit gives us power to communicate the love of God. And I'm gonna try to stay on my notes, okay? But when we get to start talking about the love of God, I get so excited about His love. I've talked before, if you were in our Sunday school class, you would probably get a lot of um, kid and family discussion, hear that. Um, One of the things I've learned about fifth grade drama is it is real. (laughs) I mean, I'll just tell you now, fifth grade drama is real, it's legit and it happens. Um, But here's one thing that I can tell you about every single fifth grader and all the drama I hear, is they are looking for love they want to be accepted that's why it's so very important as as parents that for me as a dad that my kids know how much I love them right that they are finding acceptance with me and I want them to translate that to the way God loves them because I don't want them to find their value in who their friends are or who the, the crush of the week is or who the you name it I want them to find their value as a child of God and as a child of calvary calendar <laughs> like your value is so much more and that's that's true for all of us but i'm telling you that because i know at the very heart of people they want to be loved they want to be accepted they want to be known and that's what the holy spirit does for us he's able to translate the love of god to our hearts so, so that we can now communicate that love he gives us the power to do that because imagine when you come across somebody who's unlovable we all know him right oh man I, don't, I have no idea what I'm going to do when my kids are grown there might be new stories but we were in the, we were in the car line for a school the other day and the 7th the, uh, the grade car line okay everybody's a little more mature in 7th grade than they are in third and fifth, but we're in the, we're in the seventh grade line, and, and there's two car lines, and it's a very well-known fact. There have been uh, phone tree messages sent so that people know they have to zipper. That's what the principal calls it. You have to zipper, okay? And so, like, if, if I go from the left lane, then the person in the right lane gets to go, and then the next left lane gets to you know, so, so we're zippering, right? I Man, there's nothing more frustrating when somebody doesn't zipper, <laughs> Like, don't you know the rules around here? It's a zipper. You better start zippering. It's very easy to find somebody that's just not very lovable, <laughs> right? By the power of the Holy Spirit, He gives me peace, He gives me patience, so I don't honk the horn. <laughs> to love people that need love, to communicate. The love of God to them. Because I tell you, not every child has a parent like I want to be. They don't all grow up knowing the love of a parent. And as a youth pastor, I can tell you that I saw that so often. But my job as a child of God is to communicate his love to them. So they might not experience it at home. They might not have a great uh, relationship with a father to be able to say, oh, this is how a father loves. But they can sure look at me and say, this is how God loves. That's my goal. I don't always get it right. But he gives us power to communicate the love of God. So... The church's purpose is to reach people, right? I mean, that's, that's what we do. Our church, this church exists, and we probably don't say it enough. There's a big sign out in the foyer. You read it every single time that you come in in that lobby. To love like Jesus so lives are changed. To love like Jesus so lives are changed. That's who we are. That is what defines us. To love like Jesus so lives are changed. So the question is, are we reaching people Do we know people who are reaching people? Are we seeing lives transformed? The way we're going to see lives transformed is to see that the mission that Christ gave us succeeds. To communicate the the love of God to a lost and dying world. Sorry, I feel like I'm using the table as a pulpit today. Like, I'm grabbing this thing, I'm banging it. <laughs> it's not, it's a table. It's our job to communicate the love of God to a lost and dying world, a place where love has become cheap, a place where people don't experience love in their lives, a place where people have to claw and fight and scream and challenge their way to the top, where it's okay to step on somebody to, to get to the next level. The power of the Holy Spirit allows me to communicate the right love of God. The Holy Spirit allows me to be the one who lets the next generation stand on my shoulders. Because it's about teaching them and loving them and supporting them. Because my time on this earth is limited i remember when i turned 40 i thought well i'm halfway there i got one foot in the grave <laughs> now i'm going well didn't i think god said 120 years so. <laughs> now I, i'm just saying that the way i perceive things change so i don't want to be anybody's stepping stool but sure enough i want to be somebody's stability right and, and, and we teach people that, and we say, hey, let me give you a hand up. Let me help you. Let me love you. Let me encourage you. Let me show, who, show you who God is. The moment we become a Christian, God commissions us to spread the, his kingdom to our little circle. That's your commission. When you accept Christ, now your mission is to take his kingdom into your circle. That's it. it it's, it's the greatest multi-level marketing scheme ever invented because we have to spread his gospel into our sphere of influence that's what he's called us to do that's what he wants it's in this way that people's lives are transformed others lives and ours so how does this happen okay i feel like i'm way out just stay with me okay paul says that the way this happens is not by wisdom he says well it's not by wisdom it's not with wise and persuasive words that i have coerced you into following my cult of jesus christ it's not that it's not with wise and persuasive words that the corinthians had come to believe but he says by a demonstration of the power of the spirit this is another interesting thing so this as I was studying for today, I really, man, I read about five different commentaries. I I studied the Greek. I was looking at uh, the syntax. Like, I was, I was really focused in on this because I wanted it, what I wanted the scripture to say when I dug into all that was, and God comes, puts a Superman cape on, and he had, you know, we have power with the Holy Spirit. It's by the Holy Spirit's power, and he's walking around, and he's saying, you are healed, and you are healed, (laughs) that's not what the Greek says at all in fact now we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to heal, to deliver to bring people back to him, we believe in that and there's plenty of scriptures that talk about that but this one is talking about the power of the Holy Spirit at work in your life not the power of the Holy Spirit at work healing people, while that's true The power of the Holy Spirit at work in your life, in your heart, changing you. So Paul says it's not with wise and persuasive words that many have believed, but by a demonstration of the power of the Spirit. And what he's saying is, it's not that I have convinced you to follow Jesus, it's that His Spirit has so transformed you that you can't help but follow Jesus. By the power at work inside of you, To change you. And this is for me as a pastor one of the most frustrating things because I want to convince somebody to follow Jesus. That's the truth. And you may experience the same thing. I want to tell them, oh, it's so great and he's the best and just trust in him. And and they're like, well, I trusted in him once and I didn't, you know. What Paul is saying is that you guys believe not because I'm so smart, not because I am so convincing, not because I'm so persuasive. But because the power of the Spirit inside you changed you. So I can do nothing to convince anybody of anything, but the Holy Spirit, when He gets inside you and you feel the warmth and the change, and you feel the love, and your character begins to be different, and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> and then your friend sees that happening inside you, sees you changing, and they say, wait a minute. <laughs> You sure don't speak the way you used to speak. You don't use the words that you used to use. You don't treat me the way you used to treat me. And they want to see what it is, that power of the Spirit at work in you, and and that's what we tell them. Paul was referring to the power of the Spirit at work within an individual. And the work was Christ. Revealed through the Holy Spirit. So, this is a, an interesting phrase that you might hear in some theology circles that, um, that Christ was revealed through the Holy Spirit. He defined the Holy Spirit Christologically. It's interesting, right? We're talking about Trinity Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all different yet the same. So, the Spirit was defined then through Jesus. And it's the work of Jesus, and that's where that's where we say, Jesus, come live in my heart. We know Jesus can't, in his human form, like, and this is something with kids, so, you know, they're like, oh, i got Jesus in a little, and I put him right in there. Right? That's not it. The reason we understand it this way is because the Holy Spirit is defined through Christ. So we say, Jesus, come and live in my heart. But really, it's the Holy Spirit who comes and dwells within you and changes you sorry is that too you're with me he what I mean is he points beyond himself to the Spirit's work in Christ man I remember when I was writing this I was thinking I don't know if this is gonna be like a 10-minute message (laughs) Because that's only point one. All right, let's go. There's three. There's two more. All right, here we go. Second one is this. Another reason we need the power of the Holy Spirit is because we need power to witness. The first is we need power to show love to people, right? Communicate the love of God. The next is we need the power to witness. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. A lot of Christians don't realize the inner power of the Holy Spirit to handle things that they think they have to take into their own hands. I mean, we've all done it, right? We need to take it into our own hands. Like witness, Paul says, it's not with wise and persuasive words, but a demonstration of the power. This is Holy Spirit at work within you and within the individual. We're gonna to get to that in a minute. Prevenient grace is an awesome thing. We just don't realize that the, the inner power of the Holy Spirit can handle most of those things and, and like witness. And we try to do it and we try to be persuasive and we try to, to tell and to and it just doesn't work. But what was Paul's witness? What did he say? He said, I resolved to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now This is another very interesting scholarly debate. People have said, well, Paul chose to empty himself of all wisdom. I don't think that's true because Paul was one of the the wisest people. If you read his letters and his theology and stuff, he's really smart. So it doesn't mean Paul doesn't know anything. It doesn't mean he's not wise or smart. It doesn't mean that that he's um, unable What he's saying is that Paul knows enough to know that it's all about Jesus. So Paul's so smart that he empties himself of his own wisdom, meaning he's not relying on it. That's what he's trying to say. I'm not relying on my wisdom. If you read some of his other books, I feel like he's saying, listen, I'm so smart. I'm smarter than all of you. (laughs) Except Jesus. Paul says... I have resolved to know nothing except Jesus. He's smart enough to know that it's not about him, and it's it's not about anything that he can say or do or teach. It's it's just, it's all about Jesus. He's saying, I'm going to proclaim the crucified Christ and Christ alone. Nothing should take the place of Christ crucified. And and if you read Galatians, it's another... um, he talked so much about it because in that church they began to say well you need to it, it's about jesus and jesus and some more jesus and circumcision was one of their things jesus and sabbath keeping jesus and paul came and said no no you guys got it all wrong it's, it's just jesus and that's why he says here i listen i resolve to know nothing i, I know nothing except jesus it's just about jesus it's all about Jesus that's it there is no more there is no Jesus and it's just Jesus nothing can take the place of Christ crucified so was Paul weak? no but he knew that through weakness Jesus Christ was revealed he became so much more because he knew who he was not Does that make sense? We were talking this morning with the the praise team, and, you know, when we are weak as people, and then, you've probably all experienced this. I'll give you an example. You're like, I am not prepared for this. I can't handle this. This meeting I'm going to go to, this, whatever, this, I'm just not prepared. And then after the thing, whatever it is, Everybody's like, oh, you did so good. It was the best ever. So awesome. In your weakness, Christ is made strong. When you, and really, so we should live in a place that we are weak. We understand we're weak. We know we can't do it. We should encourage us. We're weak. Now we can step into what he wants for us. And people will be like, I, I didn't think he could do that. I didn't. Well, I can't. <laughs> but listen, it's just about Jesus. It's just Jesus. <laughs> so Paul wasn't weak. He just, because of who he knew, he knew what he was not. The Holy Spirit's power is available to us to complete the task before us. He wants to complete the task in His power and not our ingenuity. It's not what we can do. It's what He can do through us. You see, in this scripture, God did not ask His people to do His work without giving them the ability to do it. He said, if we go to Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, Before that, he said, listen, there's something coming. I need you guys to go and wait and pray. And they did that, and and their work began on the day of Pentecost. Holy Spirit was was revealed through them, right? It, it It was an incredible thing. So he didn't ask them to do anything that he didn't equip them to do. It's why they waited in Jerusalem until the power of the Holy Spirit descended upon them. Acts 1.8 pretty well sums it up. Apart from the Holy Spirit, no one can preach the gospel. (laughs) With the Holy Spirit, we can make the difference. Paul says it this way. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. So what is it that Paul knew? He says he knew nothing And that he was weak. (laughs) Some of us might stop reading there. Well, why would we read anything from a guy who knew nothing? What he was trying to say is, without the power of the Holy Spirit, the message of the gospel relies on man's wisdom. God help us if the message of the gospel relies on my wisdom. It just can't. They knew as we should that without him, we won't make a bit of difference in this world. There's an inner mechanism called the Holy Spirit who makes all the difference. Holy Spirit is who brings God's power. We say God pretty often. I think when we say God, we think God the Father. We got to remember that there is God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, God Holy Spirit, is who brings the power of God. Here's the last one. Finally, we need to be transformed. And our church needs to be transformed. The, the church is transformed when it happens to us. Because we are the church. Remember, we, we talked about this not too long ago. Um, the the church, the, the German word Kirche that became the word for church referred to a building. But in the scriptures, when they talk about church, they're using the word uh, ekklesia, which means a, a gathering of people. So if the church would change, it's because we changed. There's no other way. In Acts 2, 1-4, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire, that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled. Fire is a symbol of transformation. And here, quite literally, transformed there. Whatever fire touches gets changed. It just does. Here's the crazy thing, and you've heard me say this before. The, Ho- the Holy Spirit took a group of fishermen, former prostitutes, ex-religious leaders, tax collectors and various family members of Jesus and and the other disciples and transformed them into a unit that we call the church. They were changed, transformed, crazy. Before they were filled with the Spirit, they were scared. Remember Peter? They lacked faith. They didn't fully understand God's plan. After they were filled with the Spirit, they were united as ever before. Society cannot and will not be transformed until the church is transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're talking about the Holy Spirit bringing power. Holy Spirit, we want His power. The interesting thing about this is it's not His power in healing. It's not His His miraculous power. While, While that's something, that's a thing, we believe in that. And other scriptures teach about that. In this one, the Holy Spirit, power within us causes us to change. Now, I said something earlier about provenient grace, and, and that is the... So, Paul's saying, it's not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the power of the Spirit that you have believed. The power of the Spirit at work changing somebody. So, the, the this is a... a an interesting thing if people see me change they don't automatically change because the holy spirit is changing me they see it and they desire it the holy spirit all the time we call it prevenient grace it's, it's a preventing grace it's grace that comes to us when we didn't even know we needed it his grace that woos us to him that's the work of the holy spirit um in somebody that they don't haven't asked him to uh Forgive them for their sins. They haven't taken that step yet, but he is at work wooing them to him, causing them to come to him, drawing them to himself. And then that power changes them. Such an awesome setup that God has for people to be transformed. So, what I want from us is Uh, to be a church where the power of the Spirit is at work transforming us, changing us, enabling us to be more than we thought we ever could be. Because without Him, we can't be. Without the Holy Spirit, transforming, changing, working, moving, just can't happen. So my prayer today is, Holy Spirit, bring your power. Not in a miraculous way, but in a transforming way. Don't get me wrong, I want to see the miraculous. Who doesn't? But we also need to see ourselves be miraculously transformed. Holy Spirit, by your power, would you transform me? Man, Uh, We're going to close with communion here in just a minute. we're going to sing a song during our time of communion together but before we get into that i i just want to ask this morning would you like to see the holy spirit transform you from the inside i have to tell you this i've been i've been praying for the holy spirit to transform us and I've been looking for the time when he wants to unleash himself on us through a time of prayer. I haven't felt like he's opened the gates yet, but so here's, here's what I know, what I feel like God's been telling me, that he is waiting on us to respond to him. So I don't know where you're at today, and listen, this is not a. Um, I don't want anybody to feel like if I go and pray at the altar, if I kneel down at my seat, that somebody's going to condemn me because I'm not spiritually right or whatever. What I want is a place where we can put all that aside and desire this type of infilling of the Spirit so that lives change so that our church changes and it just doesn't matter what people say or think or hear so this morning I'm going to invite you we're going to have communion and we're going to um, have a time of prayer and if you want to come and pray at the altar just just come and pray with us come and uh, kneel down and, and ask Holy Spirit to to fill you with his power Um, and as we take communion I remind you that our church is um, a church that we have open communion meaning you don't have to be a member of the church anybody can take it there's going to be four spots around and uh, we take it by method that uh, is called intention you'll tear a piece of bread off and dip it in the cup and um, there are some alternatives at each place by the way if that's not good for you but just uh, take a minute, don't rush up to take communion, spend some time praying as we uh, have our song, let us worship, and take communion together. Remembering how in the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks saying, take and eat. This is my body which will be broken for you. We recall as well how in the same way when the meal is over, he took the cup the cup of blessing and he gave it to his disciples saying take and drink this is my blood the blood of a new covenant which will be shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins when you do this do it in remembrance of me let's pray God this morning we're asking that you would work in our lives God that you would bless our time of communion and that you would fill us with your power So my my ask today, my prayer is that we would be open, each one of us individually, to be filled with your power, the transforming work of your spirit in our lives. In Jesus' name.